Welcome to Creative City, the podcast that lets you listen in on my conversations with Cincinnati's most innovative and creative minds. Welcome to Creative City, the podcast that lets you listen in on my conversations with Cincinnati's most innovative and creative minds. I'm Tamia Stinson from thestylesample.com, and I am here today with Katie Hicks of Kith Creative. This is our second take, so please bear with, <laughs> bear with us. Hi, Katie. Hello again. <laughs> How are you today? I am so good. How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you for coming down. Um, so just to kind of jump in, mm-hmm. I met you through a mutual friend, Caitlin, who's awesome. Mm-hmm. And the reason she introduced us was because we had a similar idea. So you wanted to start a podcast yep. about creatives in Cincinnati. So tell me, I know like why I started it, yeah. but why? what were you thinking at the time? Well, the reason I started was that I have recently become obsessed with podcasts. Uh, at a friend's recommendation, I downloaded Overcast, which is sort of like a podcast compiler. And I started obsessively listening to The Creative Brief, which is out of Pittsburgh, and they're supported by the AIGA. And that's all about designers, craftsmen, um, people that make jewelry, things I can't do, yes. basically. <laughs> and then also Design Matters with Debbie Millman, um, which is all about design and has been around uh, for over a decade. And basically, I listened to that, both of those podcasts, so much that every single day, without fail, I just run my battery out <laughs> in my phone because I listen to it every single time I get into the car, and then I carry it with me around the house like a psycho. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the great thing about podcasts mm-hmm. is you can you can talk to somebody almost. Yeah. It's like having a conversation in your head yeah. with somebody you don't know. It's exactly like that. Maybe and you're right about the psycho part. <laughs> <laughs> but I think a lot of it, the reason behind it, I obviously am not a designer, but what I liked about every single one of these podcasts is there was some nugget of insight of information that made you, or made me at least, want to pull over my car and make sure I wrote down my quotes. I actually have notes in my phone of all the quotes I love from these podcasts. And a lot of times I'm like pausing the podcast and then like trying to talk to Siri so she can keep track of the quote. She, she always, never gets it right. She always messes she it up. It's it like right. kerning instead of learning. You're like, all right, I'll remember that later. <laughs> but, but I think that was basically it. And I've had the good fortune to meet a lot of creative people in Cincinnati who are really interesting, weird sometimes terrible, sometimes wonderful, or a mix of both stories. Um, and I think that's why I initially wanted to do a, a podcast about creatives in Cincinnati. And then, ta-da, found you. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of like appreciating creative work, but not necessarily being a designer, yes. tell me a little bit more about what you do. So I just recently started my own business, which is called Kith Creative. It is a business of one. I have to be the renaissance person who does the actual creative work, but also the invoicing, the billing, the things I don't like. Okay, but invoicing is fun, though, because you're like, pay me. Yes, yes, (laughs) but then it's keeping track of that and making sure that people pay you, and it's all the the little nitty-gritty numbers that have never been my strength. But when you do it for yourself, you're totally right. It's different. It feels (laughs) a little bit better because you know, okay, I'm going to listen survive another day. Money. Yeah. <laughs> Start singing Rihanna. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually work um, for myself as a copy director and a brand consultant. Okay. And then the copy director thing. Yes. So, you know, people understand for the most part, art director, creative director. Tell me more about the copy director role. Yes. So a lot of people understand what an art director is. Those are the people that look at a design to make sure a brand is coming through. And that's exactly what I do for copy. So 
that could mean um, like working with a local startup, which I'm doing, Road Trippers, and making sure that um, their personality, their energy, the way, the tone, um, even how often they use punctuation, like hmm. certain kinds of punctuation. Like if a writer sends something to me that is just full of exclamation points, no, 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 no. yes, I'll change it <laughs> yeah. because I don't want it to be inauthentic. So um, it's making sure that that character comes through in every single word and every single piece of punctuation. And then you can also use this copy director role to build a brand. So I was lucky enough at Possible, which is a local Cincinnati agency, to be able to build brands there. Um, And that means deciding what their personality is like, how they talk, their voice and tone, the way they think, what motivates them, what their mission is. It's almost as if you're creating your own wonderful, delightful Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This they that you're talking about is really not a they until you create it. Exactly, exactly. But I think we definitely live in a time where people identify with a brand. They want to feel that it has a soul. No one would like Nike if it was just athletic clothing or... Obviously, I feel like everyone in the freaking world references Apple, but Apple, yeah. no one would like Apple if it didn't mean something to them, if they didn't see themselves in it. So I think that's what I want to do is take a piece of humanity and, and put it in this brand that I believe in. I think that's an important part of what I do for work is working for brands I really love um, and making it, imbuing it with the soul. And it's the soul of the people that work on it. So that's not hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been at this for how long? I have owned my own business for three and a half months. I have been in the advertising business for almost 10 years. Okay. Yeah. And you started out in copywriting? No, no, no. no. I, uh, I graduated during the recession. Um, oh. uh-huh. Luckily, I had gotten two degrees in college because everyone told me that journalism was dead. So that, wow. that, yes, that, you know, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, well, that feels like a soul crusher. Mm-hmm. Um, you should have heard people's reaction when I said I wanted to major in English. Then it was really like, you're never going to get a job, but interesting. so I got, yeah, I got a degree in journalism, but also in advertising. So I had a little bit of familiarity and a minor in psychology, which now helps me quite a bit. Um, but the first job I got was actually at Icon Marketing in Florence, Kentucky. <laughs> Super small agency. But this guy decided to take a risk on me. And thank you, Sean Murdoch, by the way. Um, because I didn't have any experience. And it was all veteran marketers that worked there. They had solidified clients. And I started out on the account side. I was doing accounting. I was doing project management. They were teaching me a little bit of design because it's such a small place. But slowly, I left that job with their blessing to a bigger agency where I was an account executive and I was working with P&G. And then I transferred from there to their New York office. And then I, tra- and then I moved from that job to, well, I thought I was going to leave New York because I was very depressed at first. And Aww. so I had actually quit my job and had given away my apartment and had nothing at all. And then the day I was supposed to leave New York, I actually decided to stay. Really? So there was an interlude where I was a waitress for three months. <laughs> <laughs> so there was that. But then I jumped on to another agency as, again, on the account side. So doing um, relationship management. But we had an opportunity to do some work in social media. And so I raised my hand and I said, I'd like to do that. So I started doing copywriting. Um, and I left that role to be a full-time copywriter at Kohan and then left there to move on to Michael Kors to do more like oh, blogger, okay. influencer, and PR work. 
and then came back to Cincinnati as a senior copywriter, then became a copy director if possible, and then <laughs> just spread my wings and started my own work. <laughs> so when you talk about copywriting, I mean, you're talking about writing across the board. You're talking about websites, you mm-hmm. mentioned social media, yes. you mentioned yes. brand identity. Oh, yes. So um, it goes from something as small, and I shouldn't even say small because it could go to millions of people, uh, small as a Facebook post or an Instagram okay. post, to um, packaging. I've worked on packaging, mm-hmm. commercials, um, websites, uh, brand identities, uh, social media identities, everything in between, any digital media, experiential things. So in-store even, um, store signs for Kohan. I worked on a lot of those. That was super fun. <laughs> um, so yeah, almost anything you can imagine I've touched at one point, which has made my career very awesome and a lot of scary moments like, oh, crap, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> but you learned. I did. Yeah. I did. You learn as you go. Oh, my gosh. You learned so much. And I think one of the most helpful things that I've ever learned, especially in building a brand or doing any kind of writing, especially when it's high pressure and there's a lot of people with a lot of say, somebody told me, and this was just probably in the past year, do what you think is right. Because at the end of the day, it's your work. You're going to have to stand next to it. You're going to have to explain it and explain your strategy. If you do and fake what someone else is telling you to do, it's going to come off inauthentic anyway, and then you're going to just feel like you lost some of yourself. If you do what you think is right, you can stand by that. And even if you have to go down with that chip, everyone hates it. At least you had your pride and and your heart into it. So... I think that has been the biggest. I really like that, actually, because it's so difficult. I don't know if you, I'm sure you have, actually, having worked at agencies. It's really difficult to try to uh, be in someone else's head and make the decisions yes. that you think they would make. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. It's much easier. I think it's definitely much easier to do what you think is right. And then if there's some direction or pushback or what have you, then that can be negotiated. Yeah. But starting from that point, I think, makes the most sense. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to use that. It's helped me tremendously. And that way, when you get a million different opinions all telling you something different, you can just say, well, I'm going to do what I think is right. And if you're in that position already where you have that much control over whether it's a brand, a magazine, whatever it is, that means you earned it. And, and you're there for a reason, and people believe in you, and I think people give you a lot of respect when you have confidence and, and faith in your own decisions. That, I've realized, earns you so much in terms of um, people just saying, like, all right, you really believe this. Like, I'm going to go with what you're doing because you are confident. <laughs> so I think that's helped a lot. I think that does make a difference. Okay, everybody, uh, tell Siri to take note. Yes. She's not going to get it right, but take <laughs> note. <laughs> Do what you think is right. Yep, that's <laughs> totally true. <laughs> that's great. So is there any one particular type of copywriting that you enjoy the most? I would have to say brand identity and social media identity so far. Um, only because that is a period where you're sort of creating a human. Mm -hmm. And there's so much open space. There's plenty of space to get it wrong, obviously. But there's um, only a few constraints, which I think is helpful. Like going into the darkness and having no constraints, I feel like is very difficult. I agree. Because then you're just probably going to... some parameters. Yeah, you're probably just going to project yourself onto whatever Mm -hmm. it is because you know yourself the best. But if you have parameters, it's a really good place to be creative and also think about how 
everything you say is going to affect this brand and the people that work on it. So if I say that a brand is um, rebellious or nurturing or whatever that means, that means that one word, that personality trait should come through every single thing. Uh So you have to be very thoughtful and very careful about what you say. But I love that. I love making the person behind a brand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds really cool. So I'm curious about, um, since, you know, you've been at this for three months now. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious about what your day-to-day is like. Because we were talking about this Mm. a little bit before. I am Mm -hmm. definitely somebody who appreciates structure and tries to create structure where there is none. And I often fail miserably, (laughs) which is okay. That's all right. Um, but I'm curious about how your days go now yes. that you are in control of all of it. Yes, sometimes I too am curious about how my <laughs> days go. Right? Yeah, what did I do? Yes, yes, there are some days where it's like that. Um, I think I love structure, but I also rebel against it. Um, I've discovered that my best times to work are the times I'm going to be most productive or the times when no one else is awake. So very early in the morning, later at night. You know what? Me too. Yeah. It, I don't know why. It, there's just a sense of solitude and a lack of distraction. Yeah, I'm very easily distracted, so that's probably what it's close to, yeah. Yes, and actually, I gave up social media for this entire week. What? Yes, because I just wanted to test. I know I'm always going to be distracted and be a little bit of a procrastinator, but I wanted to sort of channel that energy into other things, so just finding other outlets, because I think it's okay to take 10 minutes away from your work and read an article, but I want it to be something that I take something away from, rather than I'm just like mindlessly taking in people's vacation pictures. Uh-huh. So. No, that totally makes sense. Yes. Um, so the rest of my, so my days can be wonky. Uh, so some <laughs> days are very structured. Like I'll write down the time I'm going to do something and what exactly I'm going to do. Ooh, like time blocks? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea. And I, it's it great. It never works out. No. <laughs> I mean, it sometimes works out for me, but then I forget that it works for me. And then I'll be like, oh God, why can't I manage my time? Like, I have a very short memory, apparently, <laughs> and uh, it takes me a long time to learn. Um, so some days I'll wake up, and I'll go to, like, a Pilates reformer class, and then I'll have, you know, work I'm doing right after that. Then I'm going to make lunch, and then I'm going to do more work. But then some days it's scattered, or meetings get moved around, and then suddenly you're left with four hours in the middle of the day, and you're like, what do I do with this time? <laughs> and then I make up weird tasks for myself. So really, it's all over the map. Yeah, totally, I totally <laughs> understand. Sometimes if you find yourself with, like, like 45 minutes, which is too long to not do anything, totally. but not quite long enough to really get into something. It's like, what do I do now? I literally had that right before I got here, and I went to Rooted Juicery because I didn't know what to do with myself. I spent $40 on juice, thanks to that 45-minute gap. Well, see, I would have got a cupcake, so you're already winning compared to me. Oh, my gosh. I, I get plenty of cupcakes. Okay. And then I know that you mentioned doing some traveling as of late. Mm -hmm. How does that fit in with, uh, like, where you get your inspiration? Because I hate writing. I'm going to be quite honest with you there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't appreciate it. (laughs) But I'm assuming that you do. And I'm curious about, like, where that inspiration comes from. Is it traveling? Is it Mm -hmm. seeing other people's work? Is it whatever? I would say um, some of it is from traveling, although I feel like I get inspiration for other things in traveling. Um, Ideas about the different way in which people live. I think that helps um, just to understand 
not even just other cultures, but other personalities. I think when I actually have an easier time talking to strangers than I do to people who are acquaintances. So most of the time when I travel, I just went to Turkey in September, and my favorite thing to do there, and my travel partner, Diana, would agree with this, my favorite thing to do was eat and talk to people that were strangers and ask them just random questions because I am so curious, and I think it plays into loving making a brand identity. I just want to know about people and Uh how they are. Um, For writing, I think most of my inspiration comes from seeing other people's writing and um, whether that is on a website. I recently found Three Babes Bake Shop in San Francisco, which is a startup pie baking company. But the person who, one of the two people that started it is also a great writer. And so just reading her really lively, um, authentic voice is perfect. So if I want that kind of inspiration, I'll go there. Uh, see, that's what yeah. I need. Because sometimes I, I'm going to have to check them out, by the way. Yes, you should. They're um, amazing pies. When I went to San Francisco, I tried two pieces at the same time. <laughs> Simultaneously? I went from one bite to the other. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that takes skill. That is an admirable And dedication. Trait. Yes. Because <laughs> sometimes I need that. Sometimes I need to get the voice going mm-hmm. in my head yep. and then it can flow out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are other times when it just gets stuck and there's yeah. nowhere to go. So you do look to other... Oh, yeah. Okay. And I think part of the reason is a little bit like what we were talking about before with podcasts is that reading someone else's writing is a little bit like having a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. And when you have a conversation with someone who's really bright and personable and happy, you sort of feel that way. But if you're talking to someone who's like, ooh, I want to talk about something dark and deep, you sort of feel that way. So I use writing as almost a conversation with someone that they're not really talking to me. Yeah, it's like you're getting into character almost. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I think it reading, so reading a, a wide array of a certain kind of writing that you want to bring out in yourself, I think copying is not what you want to do, but I do think that that conversation that you start to have in your own head is valuable and important. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, So as a new business owner, Mm -hmm. is there anything in particular that has stood out to you as uh, something that you've either learned or really good, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would say advice, but along those lines that you have gotten? Um, I think one of the most important things you can do is to rely on other business owners for questions. Um, just recently dealing with medical bills, dealing with insurance. Yeah. Because I pay for my own insurance. Um, you discover the tricks like go to a primary care doctor because they're cheaper than a specialist and your insurance is already outrageous. Yes. And, um, asking other people how they keep track of their finances. For me, budgeting was almost like, how do I do this? You don't don't always know what you're going to get paid because you no longer have that salary. Exactly. So I think that has been the biggest help to me. Instead of trying to learn the hard way, rely on other people's knowledge. They're there to help. People love to help. I would love to help someone through the the startup time um, because there's so much that you don't know and you also don't realize, like even starting a Squarespace site, I did it all backwards. I, like, bought a domain first, and then I got into Squarespace. Oh, girl, me too, yeah. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. But see, if I would have just asked someone how they did it, I would never have had to learn the hard way. But now I can tell someone else. How are you connecting with these other business owners that you Well, I actually met them through advertising agencies. So Hmm. um, a few of my 
favorite freelancers are also some of my people that do some of my favorite work. Um, they're designers. They're also copywriters. So there's a lot of me talking to them. And honestly, they were the people that were really supportive right before I went out on my own because I was a little bit nervous. Um, but I got my first piece of freelance business and it was going to take up a a big chunk of time. And so actually the day I, um, resigned from my last position, I didn't know I was going to walk in and resign that day. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what clarified it for you? I knew that I wanted to go out on my own. Um, I just didn't know when or how I was a little bit nervous about getting new business, but I just received an offer to work on something and it was going to take up a good chunk of my time and it was a really interesting project that fit right into my wheelhouse so at 11 a.m i was like i'm gonna resign today wow and to my manager's credit he was so supportive so kind oh that's awesome oh my gosh yeah i mean he could have made it horrible for me if he wanted to right. made me feel guilty right but yeah i i just went in there and honestly i didn't have anything prepared to talk about i just sort of blurted it out i'm pretty sure I was teary-eyed because I get like that when I'm nervous. (laughs) But yeah, it went really well. I think mostly because I laid it on the table and and how I was actually feeling and I didn't try to try to make it anything it wasn't. So, so I'm assuming that that was a a good day for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Scary. Yes. But good. Oftentimes the best days are at least a little scary. That is what I, that's what I found as well. Yeah. Um, so speaking of good days and scary or not, I guess we yeah. that. one of the things that I've been doing is trying to appreciate the small moments that bring me joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so for instance, I think actually it was last night. So kind of like what you were saying about taking a break from social media. Yeah. I decided that there were too many voices in my head. Ooh, that makes me sound weird. Okay. No, I understand. But uh, listening to a lot of podcasts having the TV on in the background when I'm working. Even music sometimes Mm -hmm. is a little bit too much. So this week I have been trying to have have quiet time, basically. That's actually (laughs) Like I'm treating myself like a preschooler, like, okay, now we're going to have quiet time Mm -hmm. where there are no distractions and no disturbances, and it's okay for you to just be inside your head. So one of the things that I did last night, I was working a little bit. I was actually editing a podcast and taking some notes and stuff. And I did that until I, my brain got overloaded because, you know, you need a break every however long. Yeah. And instead of looking at something else on the internet or looking at Instagram or what have you, like mm-hmm. you were talking about before, instead of doing that, I sat down and I got out one of those like adult coloring pages yeah. <laughs> and my colored pencils, which I still keep in my art kit, a.k.a. my caboodle from like 1992. Oh, I still have mine too. <laughs> <laughs> those things come in handy. Yeah. Indestructible uh, too. <laughs> man, it has not gotten a scratch on it since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got out my pencils and just colored for like 30 minutes. And it was great. It was a creative release. I didn't feel like I was attached to a screen yet again because I feel like I'm staring at screens all day, every day now. Um, And it was a chance to, like, do something really basic, but also something that kind of recentered me so that I could start working again, which, you know... That's how life goes. Yes. Can't get away from the work. (laughs) No. Which is fine because I enjoy it. So I wanted to ask if there was anything um, that you have experienced in recent history that has brought you some amount of joy. You know, that's actually sort of a perfectly timed question because like I was saying before, I have a very short 
memory. And a lot of times I forget those little things that bring me joy and I forget to do them repetitively. Yes. Like I'll do it once and mm-hmm. be like, oh, that felt great. I, I, it'll do take it again. Six months to remember. Right. <laughs> and right now I'm in a moment where I need those little bits of joy. And I, and I was just thinking, you had told me that you were going to ask me this before, but just now I thought about like, what, what would that be? Because there's lots of like good moments, but I think a really peaceful moment for me is when I'm in the midst of reading a book that has me so absorbed that I don't care about anything else around me. Um, that I could just keep reading for hours. And I think when that story sort of envelops you and you've attached yourself to the characters, um, I was just recently reading All the Pretty Horses, and I think being caught up in someone else's story and someone else's drama and someone else's life that isn't your own suddenly makes you feel like, oh, this is silly what I've been worried about. Like, <laughs> if I were to put it in a novel, it'd be a nice little footnote, or maybe it's a chapter, but it, it passes. Yeah. It always moves on. Time goes forward, and you get out of that funk, or that busy time subsides. Um, I think it just helps me put things in perspective, and having said that, tonight I'm going to go read a really great book. <laughs> okay, tell me which book, because I checked out a book from the library. I was super proud of myself. It was a thick book with lots of chapters. Ooh. I was like, ooh, I'm a grown-up. <laughs> uh, and I got about four chapters in before mm-hmm. it basically became a decoration on my nightstand. Yes, I've been there. And then by the time I got back around to it, it was time to return the book, and I couldn't renew it, and so now I have no idea what happened, and I'm back to square one, where <laughs> I read the internet, and that's it. <laughs> where? I'm almost curious to know what that book was. It was a book that I've been meaning to read forever. Uh-huh. Americana by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. I haven't even read it, so don't feel bad. No. I mean, I, I really did You'll try, get to guys. it. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to try again. I promise. much for coming down and talking sure. to me today, Katie. Now, if people want to follow you online, where should mm-hmm. they go? Well, they can go to my very newly launched website. Oh my god, It looks fantastic. Thank you. I found it. Oh, did you, did you look at it today? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm still putting the rest of my uh, actual work portfolio up there, but that has been a process. I hear, I'm working on updating mine, too. Squarespace takes is easy, quote-unquote, yeah, but know, not right. always. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find me at Kith Creative, and that's K-I-T-H creative.com. You can find me on Instagram at KIX85, Twitter at KatieHicks9, um, LinkedIn as Katherine Hicks. You can find me all over the place. <laughs> LO even. I'm even on LO. Does Is that, that still around? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I still get daily emails that I open. Wow. I know. It's like the MySpace for design. You're dedicated. dedicated. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so go follow Katie. Uh, You can follow me as well. I am on Instagram and Twitter as The Style Sample. Oh, actually, I figured out how to use Snapchat. Oh, yeah. Uh, Because I had to do some social media stuff for a brand, and they were like, yeah, we want you to take over our Snapchat. I was like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, I know how to do that. (laughs) So cut to me Googling how. How do you use Snapchat? So I got it down now, y'all. So you can follow me on Snapchat at the style sample there as well. Um, you can check out past episodes of the Creative City Podcast at creativecitypodcast.com. Be sure to sign up for the newsletter so you get all of the info and updates. And we will see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.